Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. G'day listeners. Are you waiting for them to say g'day, Was? Well, I've been waiting for a while, Coxie, and it doesn't seem to happen. Nobody says g'day back. That's I wonder bit... if everyone in their car is sitting there, you're like, g'day, Was, how are you going? Great <laughs> to hear from so. you. Somehow I don't think so. I reckon they're just like, oh, Was. <laughs> Shut up and let Coxie talk. <laughs> no, I don't think so. How are you today, Nicole? I'm very well, Warwick. Thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. Now, we have a guest sitting here wondering what the heck is going on. Because <laughs> uh, I think it's a bit weird for people when they're a part of our our uh, Waffle With Was intros. Uh, and and today's guest has had a few cameo mentions on the show. So, it's pretty cool to actually have him here in real life, for reals. Tights. Tom Braunfelder from Ground Up Projects. Welcome to the show, mate. Good morning, guys. I'd love to say this. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, <laughs> what a start. I've been dying it. to say that on any form of radio or podcast. We've had a few people uh, bust that one out. It's. I it, like it. Obviously, a bucket list item for a few people is to get on a, a podcast or a radio show. So uh, <laughs> we're really pleased to help you tick off a bucket list item of yours, mate. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Well, thanks for having me. No, no, it's a pleasure, mate. Pleasure. So uh, we're chatting with you as a real tradie guy. Um, I don't know how how much of a real tradie you are. I mean, you're an electrician after all. But uh... <laughs> coming in with the burn early, Warren. <laughs> Setting the tone. Um, so yeah, pretty keen to chat to you, mate. Um, I guess. Uh, I mean, we're working with you here at Tradies in Business, so we'll tell our listeners that straight up. Um, you are a member and a client, and uh, you're doing some pretty cool stuff. You've been going way outside your comfort zone in the last 12 months, I reckon. Um, so we thought it'd be great to share your story, as it is with, with a lot of our real tradie stories, real tradie guys, real tradie wives, real tradie couples, and um, they're generally our most popular episodes. So don't screw it up, mate. Tell everybody uh, <laughs> a bit about yourself and um, a bit about Tom and your background and how you came to be uh, running a, an electrical business, mate. Well, thanks, guys. I feel really privileged to be um, sort of on the podcast today. You've had some incredible uh, people talk, and I feel like they've all got an incredibly deep connection with their trades. and. I haven't exactly fallen into where I am now. Um, I don't come from a, a long-standing uh, trade family. Um, my parents were in tourism. My grandparents were in tourism. Um, so to be a tradie was kind of something that wasn't in our family. Um, and I think it all stemmed from the fact that with mum and dad owning uh, a tourism business, they had always had a lot of construction elements going on and, and uh, my nickname as a little kid, so always in the road, that was my nickname <laughs> on a building site. I was the inquisitive little 10-year-old that was trying to 
be in front of people and ask questions and um, and just learn. Um, so yeah, finished school knew straight away that I had no interest in going to university. Um, I wanted to trade straight away. Uh, but growing up in a small country town, the selection isn't there. You essentially get given an apprenticeship, whatever apprenticeship that is, you jump at it and you, and you grab with both hands and you go. There is no opportunity to, to shop around, so to speak. Um, an electrical came up and um, I grabbed it and uh, we, we went running. So I started in a in quite a large business for a small country town that that um, jumped on the solar bandwagon when that was starting up with um, in 2009, and um, subsequently they they grew beyond their means, and when that uh, revenue uh, dried up, uh, they they sort of uh, closed down in 2011, which sent me up to the ski fields. So. We went down to uh, Threadbow, New South Wales, and um, I landed a uh, my apprenticeship there to finish off and uh, stayed there for five years. That was one of the most incredible experiences, working and, and living on the snow, um, waking at 3 a.m. to be on the mountain in the morning to, for startup. It was, it was an absolutely incredible experience, and I wouldn't change that for the world. But at the end of my apprenticeship, um, my now wife, who was in Sydney doing her physiotherapy um, uni degree, finished up and we needed to, to, to make that next step. So we decided that we had to move to the city. And um, I'm sorry to all your listeners in Sydney, that was the other option and there is no way <laughs> that you would get a guy from a small country town moving to, to the big smoke. So Sydney was off the cards and um, luck would have it. A good, good friend of mine lived up here in Brisbane and, and off we moved. So when we moved to Brizzy, I, I actually gave my electrical apprenticeship sort of away a little bit and decided to chase what I really wanted to do, which was becoming a builder and, and through that getting my carpentry apprenticeship. Um, and I was very fortunate to do that. Um, but finishing my carpentry apprenticeship here in Brisbane sort of gave me the realisation that building was probably not for me. Um, I loved it. I loved the process, and I loved the dealing with clients and um, and dealing with all the sub trades. I suppose I was very tarnished with some of the people around me having very hard experiences through the building industry that we talk about so often. And I felt my wife and I felt that we just, that there was no use pushing away this electrical apprenticeship and this electrical experience that I had. And however, how many, uh, you know, the joke always is, how many poor electricians do you see? So we decided that why, why, are, we fighting, uh, why are we fighting this? We, we need to, uh, to push forward and, and, and focus in on becoming an electrician. So, yeah, 2015, we decided to, to go ahead and just be, be a um, sole trader electrician. And in 2000, end of 2019, we got really serious and, and jumped in here with trades and business. And um, the growth from 2019 to 2020 has been astronomical. Uh, we've, we've changed every aspect of what we did. Um, but we, I don't think we've lost who we are, which is probably the most important thing. So up until now, we, yeah, we've, we've had a fantastic year with you guys. Um, we've learned some incredible experiences and, yeah, met some incredible people along the way as, as part of the network. Tom, you talk about growth. Sorry, Coxie. Um, you, you talk about growth, mate. And I guess a lot of people think of growth as 
growth on their profit and loss or growth in staff numbers. Um, but what's been some of the other ways you think you and maybe the business and perhaps even the missus have grown, mate? Well, that's a, that's a pretty tough question. Um, I think it's been, I think the growth is still happening. I think it's more the personal development that we've, that we've, I suppose we're starting to experience. You put so much time and effort into uh, changing your bad habits and, and understanding what it actually takes to run a business, not just be a good tradie. And I think that has just opened the, the floodgates and, and we're just starting to experience that now, that that understanding of, of the direction that we want to take. When we first started with you was, I remember sitting down and we were having our very first meeting and, and you asked me what my goal was. And at that time, we actually didn't have a goal. We had no idea where we wanted to go, what we wanted to do. And just understanding that this year has been an incredibly important part of the process. Mm. Sorry, I wasn't sure if you were pausing or if my internet was failing again <laughs> as per normal because it's been a bit, bit, bit glitchy. It's been a morning of uh, technology headaches. So maybe I should be kinder to electricians, Tom, and uh, <laughs> the tech will be kinder to me. <laughs> it has been a morning, Tom. I... I've really enjoyed um, observing your critical growth. And what I mean by that is your ability to look at yourself and your need to learn things quite critically. It's something that normally takes quite a while for business owners to develop. Yet I feel that you've developed that very quickly. Has that been challenging for you? Is that thing that you've always been able to do? Is it something you still struggle with? Tell me about your experience with that. Um, I think growing up, so mum and dad ran their small business, um, my entire life. So I've always grown up in, in business. And I think that's a really, has been really important because I've been able to understand that you're your biggest barrier. And mum and dad would always talk about that aspect of getting in your own road. And I think that's where I've, we're very much, both my wife and I are very much people that don't dwell on something, don't look at an issue and, and, and talk about what if. If there's a problem, the problem's happened, move on, let's find the solution. And I think we've gone in with that aspect to the business of what do we need to change to get to the, to the, to the destination that we're looking to get to? Okay, and, and that's it. We just need to do it. And I think when in, we took on our first staff member in the middle of this year, there was a lot of unknowns. We didn't have every box ticked. We didn't have the huge amount of cash in the bank that could sustain somebody for six months if the worst happened. We had none of that. We basically had an idea. We had work that needed to be done. And we knew that we trusted ourselves that we could make ends meet, take the risk and, and go. And I think that was probably that's probably come from many years of, of being in and around that that small business mentality. There is no right time. There's just a direction that you need to go. And the more that you think about it, the more that you stop yourself from moving forward, the longer it's going to take. 
Yeah, it's quite unusual though to meet somebody so young in business with that level of critical thinking. And you're absolutely right. Despite being a pothole as a kid, um, <laughs> you're certainly not standing in your own way at any particular time. You back yourself. And that's really critical as a business owner to take that next step to be able to do the expansion and the growth required to have a good business. Um, is this again, so you, you, I know that your wife doesn't work in the business, but clearly you, you make these, a lot of these decisions together. Has she always had that same level of, yep, let's give it a go and back yourself? Or have you found at times there's been a point of difference for the two of you around some of these critical decisions you need to make? Not at all. She's always, she's always been somebody who would back her idea. Um, she's, in, she's, she's an incredibly intelligent person. She's, she's definitely the brains of, of our relationship. Um, and yeah, she, she's very calculated and critical as well, but she knows, she knows when something's right and when something's wrong and, and she's happy to back, back that or back her gut on what, what we're doing. And yeah, it's been like that through our entire relationship. So there's, it hasn't been something that we've learned. It's something we've just adapted to, to our current situation. Um, but as you said, she doesn't work in the business. She does make, she does make some decisions, but her, her passions elsewhere. She's, she's not, um, she, she would quite happily be a part of, of what we do for a short period of time, but it would probably be something that would be a short term thing for her. It's, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, definitely something that we're adapting to here. Tom, you talked about, uh, I guess, some of the, I don't know, big decisions, I guess. Uh, and I know you've made some big ones in the business. It, they're never easy. And I'm just, I'm always curious to know how different individuals get over that hurdle of, of committing to action because agreeing that something's a good idea or that you need to do it or that it's going to be a benefit is, I think that's sort of the, the easier part of the equation, but then actually doing it and taking the leap, um, whether it's in business or outside of business and you've, you've um, dabbled in uh, Ironman uh, and long distance events as well, mate. So, you know, you're not unaccustomed to suffering, <laughs> um, how how do you actually move from okay, this is a good idea, I know we need to do this to okay, we're doing it. Well, it's the thing I like about this podcast is you're asking me more questions than I've ever asked myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, you should hear my dinner time conversation with my wife. Mate. <laughs> I have no idea. I honestly, I think it's just been the mentality that we've always had. It's it, it just once you once you've settled on the fact that we're going to make a change, we just do it. I don't know. I think I think the hurdle for for a lot of us is is just that the acceptance. Um, and once you've once you've made the acceptance, the doing aspect. You know, if you're not if you're not if you're not moving forward on the doing aspect, then you probably haven't accepted it. Mm. Um, and I think once we lock in that idea, then that's the decision. That's the process we've, we've made. We've analysed it. We've under, understood the risks and the reward. And it's it's just about then backing up our, or backing ourselves into into the solution. I think uh, employing our first um, staff member was a, a prime example. We made the decision um, with you guys sitting down 
Um, it took a couple of meetings for Woz to finally poke me enough to, to push me <laughs> in the right direction. But once we'd made that decision, putting the ad up on Seek, it was it was game on from then on. It was a, a total change in mentality of we've done it. Yeah, let's let's go and really do a really good job of this. Mm. Um, and I think that's kind of I I, I don't know. It's it, you're right. <laughs> this is such a uh, an interesting question to ask myself. I don't I don't think I've ever really thought too much about it. Where so you say you know you just do it. Um, and it sounds like that's something that's, I guess, a part of you or your approach to things, mate. Where do you think that comes from for you? Where do you think that might have um, been spawned? Oh, without a doubt, it's definitely my mother. My mum is without a... She is an incredible woman and she is very much the person that we're not going to talk about it where... We're going to action. We're going to action this, and um, so yeah, it, it, I definitely follow my mum's traits there. Um, my whole life has been a part of that, from growing up as a little kid to when you know you're having a weekend that's a bit rainy. Mum would just say, "Right, everyone in the car, we're going." That would be it. No, no dawdling. Off we'd go to some you know far off destination for a just a drive. Um, so it's definitely it starts from there, and it's and it's still the same. I still get uh, my mother in my ear. We do outside of electrical work, we do do a bit of um, real estate stuff, and um, so I still deal with mum there, pushing hard on her uh, her opinions and her ideas, and and actioning things at nine o'clock at night because she's had an idea, and that's that seems like the most appropriate time for her to to, to action it. And yeah, I think that's that's where it's all stemmed from. I'm not sure. It's probably something I do take maybe for granted a little bit. Mm. Um, and, and, I, and I suppose I've never really thought about it until this very moment uh, where we're actually even just discussing it a little bit that I've never really taken it into account that, that it could be any other way, I suppose. Mm. And it's a bit like that. We, uh, you know, we see the world through our own glasses uh, and I'm disappointed that I need to wear glasses to read more <laughs> now these days, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's hard to step out and get that perspective on self. Um, now I I know you, uh, well I referenced before you do a bit of Ironman, um, which is not bodybuilding for anyone who doesn't know what what Ironman's all about. It's it's actually a bunch of lunacy where you uh, <laughs> you swim a really long way and then you ride a bike a really long, long way and then you run a really long way after that and uh, and then you call it sport and fun. So I think uh, there's something a little bent in the brain of a, of a long-distance athlete, mate. But tell me about parallels between endurance racing uh, and business, mate. I think the greatest parallel you can draw with with your long distance events. I actually do them. I, I love a long distance event because I love where my mind takes me. Um, for anyone that's done a long distance event, you go to some pretty deep, dark places. There's a, there's a lot of moments where you don't think you can finish. You don't think you, you know, you doubt your own personal um, ability. Um, 
you want you you question yourself as to why you've even undertaken something like this and this happens multiple times and it's 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 quite fascinating what the brain can do when it's at maximum capacity of of workload and physical fatigue and i love it cuz i think that that just can be we can draw on that so frequently through life and i think with the parallel to business is that you doubt yourself you you take your mind takes yourself to these deep dark places when cash flow might not be at its best or you've you know got debits to pay and and the the money in the bank doesn't equate to the debits going out and uh, or, or or you've had injuries on, on site or, or at home so i think you will always go to those places and i think having with iron man especially or, or well, I'm still not lucky enough to, to complete the full, so I'm only uh, the seventy point three for me. Um, not only, mate. There's no only in that. <laughs> there was a lot of aspirations this year, but uh, that all that all went by the wayside. So things have changed um, this year, mate. <laughs> just a few. Um, so yeah, I think that, that with Ironman it gives you this this really cool insight to know how your brain actually can bounce back. I think it, it gives you an idea that you can sort of see the light through and then keep pushing and then achieve your goal, which is probably something that you don't get from a lot of other sports. Um, and I love it. I think, I just think it's, a, I, I don't love it at the time at the time. It's, you know, it doesn't matter how much you're expecting to, to go through this. It still sucks. But at the end of it, those finish line, those finish line feels that you know, everyone talks about that finish line feel and, and it's not that you've finished. It's got, yeah, it's not that you've actually, uh, you know, run the 20 kilometres or, or, or swum the, the 1.5. It's the fact that you've mentally achieved, you've come back. And I think that's the, it's the relief of that you, you've put this self-belief in, in yourself and then you've, you've achieved it. And, you know, once you've got that, uh, once you've got that taste for, the, for that feeling, it's, it's really hard to, to, to not want to go back each year and do it again, even though, we hate the training, you know, the 4 a.m. get-ups at track. It, it all sucks, but once you've, once you've done it, you, you just there's, it's definitely an addiction. Have you ever cried at the end of a, a long-distance race, mate? Not yet. Um, <laughs> there's normally a little bit too much going on. The last one I did, um, I had to carry one of the guys across the line and put him in a chair because he oh, – wow. For some reason, forgot to hydrate properly on the bike, and it was just game over. Mm. Um, so there's normally a lot going on. You know, there's there's people cheering and and um, and music going. So it's yeah, it's, it's. I suppose I don't get to the 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 teary emotions. I just can't wipe the smile off my face. I I remember the first seventy point three. I did. I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Well, shuffling down the finishing chute and uh, tears streaming down my face. Uh, it was a horrendous race. Hadn't prepared well for it, but uh, it's such you a. Just reminded me. Yeah. You've just reminded me why I didn't cry because the uh, the the finish line had a one kilometre to go sign, and it was actually one point nine kilometres to go. So you you put the, the big effort in <laughs> to set the scene. You know, you've you've got the lines of people, everyone cheering you on, a kilometre to go. You're absolutely cooked, but you know you're going to yeah. do your fastest last k. When you get to one k on your watch, 
and you're still not anywhere near the finish line, that, <laughs> that is when rage takes over. Uh, it's such a good metaphor for business, though, is what I was going to say. It's mm. everything you just languaged. You could be talking about building a trade business. Uh, you know, the, the early get-ups and the, the hard yards you put in at training, in inverted commas, where there is no finish line, there's no spectators, there's no one cheering you on to do lap after lap after lap. And it's it's so much like that in our businesses where there's not a lot of feedback, you know, we're, we're slogging away and there's not really much of a reference point for you're doing great, you know, come on, keep going. There's no one doing that for you day after day after day in business and there really is no finish line. It's like this open-ended race that goes on for as long as you choose to allow it to continue. So uh, I I agree with you, mate. I think um, you know doing some of those sorts of pursuits, whether it's seventy point three or Ironman stuff, Ironman triathlon, or if it's you know running or I don't know some sort of maybe it's chess because that seems to go on for a long time. Uh, but anything <laughs> that goes on for a long time and requires endurance, I feel like they're really good skills to build up and good um, virtual muscles to strengthen for business. You actually raised a, a fantastic point was in, in the middle of that. Um, I think it's really important, probably the most important part that you, that, that you started to reference was the fact that we need to set goals because we need those finish line feels. Mm-hmm. I think that it probably highlights how important stopping and recognizing the fact that we've achieved something great mm-hmm. because, because business is open-ended, you know, the, the finish line is forever in the distance. If we don't feel that we've finished something, then we're not going to get the finish line feels that, that we all crave and we're just going to burn out. So I think that's probably another really important fact that for business that we've got to give ourselves the opportunity to feel like we've achieved something. I want to steal that catch cry and use it in all our 90-day planning. Finish line uh, advertising from here on in, let us help you find your finish line feels. Is that all right, you Tom? You don't mind? Go for it. Tom, um, I'd love to get into a big conversation about how I don't feel, again, I, don't, I still don't feel it's usual for people of your vintage to quite understand that because we've come from a culture of um, there not being wins and losses. Everything's a little bit vanilla but I think that will take us down a huge rabbit hole that we don't really have time for. So what I'm going to ask you instead is what are some of the lessons you learned that you wish you had have learned earlier or some of the changes you've made that you wish you had have enacted earlier? I probably wish I had a clearer direction in saying, I don't know if I could particularly give too much of what I wish I learned earlier. I am only 29 I believe that I'm learning lessons pretty early to be, to be on with you guys at, at, at that age to be making those decisions. I think, so it's probably really difficult for me to say things I wish I'd learned earlier because I'm not sure how much earlier I really could have learned them. Mm-hmm. We need, I think we all need to go down a, a journey to, to get to our destination. I'm really glad that I did my carpentry apprenticeship and I moved to Brisbane without any of those goals, I never would be in the position that I am now. Mm. Um, you know, it, it comes down to without visiting uh, one of your other 
um, well, one of your other members and, and a, an ex-podcastee, uh, Nick from Esplan Building Group, he played a, a huge role in, in getting me and Yaler up to Brisbane. And without that, our lives would be completely different. So I think we've had an, a really amazing journey and I'm not really too sure I would change anything. Um, there's nothing... I think we're surrounded by really, um, really good people. Um, our friends, our family, everyone around us is pushing really hard in their own entities. Um, you know, we've got uh, friends in consulting, friends in, in health, friends in building. It's friends that are in legal. It's, and everyone's really pushing to be at the pinnacle of their, of their chosen field. So I think that's probably what's been the most important thing for us to put ourselves in a position where we are surrounded by people that are positive and, and pushing the limits because in turn, everyone's pushing each other. So it's probably hard to give you and give you something that I would have liked to have learned early. I wouldn't change any of the things that I've been through at all. It's, it's been a pretty incredible, um, you know, good and bad. We've had some, we've had some setbacks. We've had some, um, some great, achievements and yeah we wouldn't I don't think I'd change any of it it's really it's really created the person that I am and the, and the people that we are around us so it's a pretty common yeah, response I, from people that we ask that question of and um look over the the years I've heard people say oh, I wouldn't change a thing but sometimes I think it's said a bit flippantly um without the the deeper consideration that you've given it around well if this hadn't happened then this wouldn't have happened and i mean we don't know that for certain but i just i like the way uh you sort of have that self-reflection made and looking back on things as being the way they are for a reason and that's just how they are so you know you always seem to look forward uh which i really admire about you mate the other thing that you you've sort of mentioned there and um, as the great grey shark that I am with Tom, the cameo on the podcast now, I want to circle back around to something, mate. Uh, Go for it. <laughs> mentors and external influences. Um, who's who's played a big part? Uh, I mean, you've talked about your mother and uh, you know people like Nick, uh, sort of colleagues and, and friends. But who's been some of the key? people or groups or influences in you getting to this point and and i guess that you see helping you um, get to the future goals that you've set for yourself and the wife Jeez, here we go this is another question i don't often ask myself <laughs> um parents always play a key a key role i had i was i was very fortunate to have parents that that pushed us to the limit um Dad was very much the person that would support us doing no matter what, and Mum was the person that was always out finding something new for us to pursue or or a new competition. Um, she was the instigator in getting us motorbikes as kids and racing and you know horses and go Mum all the you know snowboarding and you know it, it was it, it she really pushed hard because her childhood was average um so she really made a promise to herself that she kept that that we would have everything that that she could that she could offer as a mother and you know dad was all more than happy to be that person that supported us um i had some really 
I've just had some really good people around me that have instilled some really key positive and um, attributes in me. And some of my um, high school teachers that were mentors to me um, that, you know, we, one of them in particular was actually my, my dad's teacher when, when he was at the same school um, 30 years prior. Um, and together we were involved in, so this teacher was and I were involved in a mentoring program where we uh, set up a, it was just a bike maintenance program that effectively you, had, you took year 10 kids um, and you put them with a, a member from the public who was sort of a, you know, someone that was a bit older and a bit more uh, caring. And then a, a younger year seven and year eight kid that was, that was struggling, you know, that, that wasn't coming from a, a good place. And, and that was a program that they, that we had a lot to do with. And that instilled a lot of, um, sort of, I don't even, I couldn't, I can't even pitch, take, find the word to describe it. It was very powerful and it was something that I learned very young that you can have such a big influence on somebody with, without even knowing it. Mm. So things like that from a young age have, have, have been key to, to where I am now. That idea that you can always do better and do better for other people and be a better person. It's, it's, constantly there I you certainly have been blessed with a, an amazing family and experiences um to create who you are you're wise beyond your years this is something Warwick and I talk about often with you Tom um I'm keen to know what sort of goals you have for the next 12 months uh just the general one is is growth um we want to get we want sustainable growth from here on in um it's, I think we have a five-year plan that's a, probably a bit more locked in. A one-year plan is, it's going to be very challenging to see what happens at the, at the start and in and, and the middle of next year. I think our, our plan at the moment is just to put ourselves in the best position to tackle that. Um, I think once we get to 2021 and get out of this beautiful year of 2020, <laughs> I think we'll all have a better understanding of, of what's going to happen. Um, so our goal, our goal is just to, to, to employ a few more guys to, to, to keep pushing along in, in, in growth. We, I need to still put in 110% into the business and there's no backing off on that aspect. Um, I need to, to, to spend a lot more time working on the business. Um, and that's probably my number one goal personally is to, to be able to put more time into into that um, more than we do now, but that's about it. I I think as we've been I've been discussing with both you guys for the last month, our main focus right now is just the start of January, February, March, um, making a, a successful start to the new year, putting ourselves in the best spot that we can, and um, I think that's our probably our main goal at the moment. I think with this beautiful. Uh, <laughs> pandemic it's it's probably changed the goalposts a lot for everyone um and i think for us it's about understanding what that change is mm. and where it's going to take us Jeez, mm. mate uh if we could uh i guess carbon copy your headspace mm. and infect a bunch of business people with it 
Um, it would reduce stress levels and failure rates enormously. It doesn't mean it's not hard, and you work bloody hard, and and you know there's been some some monsters under the bed that you've had to uh, club to death over the last twelve months, mate. Um, and there'll be more breeding under there, I'm sure, as there is for all of us. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> now I'm too um, scared to go to bed, Warren. Yeah. <laughs> I've just freaked a lot of people out. Kids. Yeah. I thought that was all not real. I've yeah, been telling yeah. my kids for years it's not real. <laughs> just don't look under the bed at night. No. <laughs> uh, but, mate, it's, it's, um, it really highlights for me having – worked with hundreds and hundreds of business owners in the, the last decade and a bit, that headspace and just the attitude to change and challenge is such a critical component of growth in business. And and for me, growth means, as we talked about earlier, it's not just about profit and cash flow. It's it's about you know a business that actually fits your life and and facilitates your lifestyle and uh, I know you you bug it off uh, I mean you've only just recently employed um, your first full-time guy if I can if I can share that bit of information on the podcast mate and you've already nicked off for what a week and a half blooming holiday camping and fishing uh, and left him largely to his own devices and nothing burnt down while you're away so you know, that's a testament to your willingness to um, take action, mate, I suppose, is is uh, what I'm trying to say. There's no question in this, by the way, mate, so you don't have to freak out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm sitting here trying to work out, like, where am I going? Where's he going one? with this? <laughs> is he going to circle around and strike the cage? Uh, but no, mate, I'm you know, probably blowing a bit of smoke, and rightly so, that mm. uh, you know, your headspace, I think, is, is you know, largely your secret weapon, mate, and I think it'll uh, set you and your lovely wife up for a fantastic life, whatever that looks like results-wise, um, over the next you know year, three, five years. So um, I wish more younger trade business owners um, took the time to self-reflect as you do and ask those questions and be willing to have others ask them of you. And I think it's what Coxie and I like about working with you, Tom. And, and, you know, we've got a lot of clients like you where you're willing to actually take the questions from crusty old blokes like me and ask them of yourself as well. So uh, there's my little cuddle for you, mate, a virtual uh, slap oh, on the back you, and a high five and a, and a, and a bum slap. I'm, I'm unfamiliar with these virtual cuddles. Normally it's a, it's a kick. <laughs> oh, well, hang on, hang on. Just don't, don't shatter the myth, mate. I'm putting on a good show for the podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm not sure if Coxie's got more questions because I keep talking over the top of her. I want to ask uh, one that I don't feel like I've asked for a while, Coxie. No. Is, um, Tom, let's, let's go. I'm going to tweak this a little bit. If you had a 1,000 trade business owners under the age of 30 in a room, what is one piece of advice you desperately want them to take away from today's episode? You know what? I, I've known for a bit, bit over a week that, that we were going to do this. <laughs> And I should have thought about this question. <laughs> Is that your advice, mate? Think about Waz's question before he asks it. Now, there's actually, um, there are two things that I have thought of that, that I probably have self-learned in the last six months that I'd probably want to emphasise. Um, one of which we've already talked about, which is the finish line and understanding that. And the other one, one is um, is probably 
teamwork for me, which is probably quite unusual. And the Coles and I've talked about this a couple of times about some about what I've been involved in with teamwork. But I think it's really important for us to all. I've been involved in some pretty um, uh, not nice situations where we've had to um, do some things that. Well, we've had to we've had to do recoveries for people for families in uh, surf lifesaving, and uh, one of those situations um, we've, we're able to make a situation incredibly positive for all the people within the team uh, by changing the mentality of how we went about what we had to do. And um, I think I was, I was reflecting on this the other day. It's I think we've all been a part of a successful team, whether it's soccer, whether it's footy, we've all had it. We've all won in a team environment or, or had success in a team environment. So I think we all know that it's possible. What we don't know is how to replicate that when we're leading a team. And I think that's something that I've learnt uh, through just reflection on these situations is where I've been a part of, of a group of people led by some incredible minded and and um, brilliant people that have turned one of the worst situations into a really positive environment where everybody's working together to 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 complete a certain task and i think if i was to to want somebody to to leave with any form of reflection it would be that think about back Think about to a time when you've been a part of a successful group, whether it's as a little kid playing, you know, sport or whatever, and see if you can pick apart what made the, the team successful and actually think about and reflect on what what it was that made them successful or what, you know, and try and replicate it. Try and, try and understand where you stand with your own team environment or, or how you work in a team. It's probably the one thing that's I've reflected on the most in the last sort of three or four weeks. Great advice, mate. <laughs> it's an interesting reflection. I don't know that too many people ever stop and reflect on that point. Well, I think it's just, it's, it shows that we, it is possible. Yeah. Um, when it's not something we're taught at school um, directly, I think we're taught it indirectly, but it's something that you, unless you stop and think about it, you know, we've all learnt the lessons, but it's it's very hard to, to replicate that. And I suppose that was one of the ways that we were able to take a little break with having our input first employee, mm. understanding how um, how his communication language is and what he uh, what he needs to succeed. Yeah. Um, understanding what his goals are and and um, and also how he likes to see positive and negative feedback. Mm. Um, and once we understood that. It was. It's easy. It's easy to um, to leave people to their own devices once you've got that trust and, and that communication. Mm. They're in, like they're incredibly talented people. That's the people that you employ, and they just need to be uh, directed in the in the way that that you do business. I think uh, you might have said it at the start of the episode about getting out of one's own way, um, and often we see business owners that not only get in their own way, but they get in the way of their team members as well. And they keep tripping their people up around them. Uh, and I literally had a conversation with 
one of our other clients and members this morning about this. Um, you know, they're they're forging ahead down a path that is very positive. They're employing people, they're developing systems, and the business owner keeps getting in the way of everybody uh, and actually stopping them from doing what they're there to do. So if he just lets them actually carry the ball for a little bit um, and, you know, he just passes it quickly, he'll get a lot further in front and have a lot less stress. So I think it's a fantastic um, summary, Tom, that, that you've given there. And I think it's about transference of skills from other area of life. If there's been a thread today, you know, you've talked about um, sort of that uh, influence of your mother and some of your activities on the ski fields and surf lifesaving and long distance events. It's transferring those skills into business. And a lot of our listeners, if you're sitting there thinking, well, I haven't done those things, as Tom said, have a look at things you have done in life. A lot of those skills around discipline and time management and financial management, you've developed those elsewhere, either in your trade or in your sport. They transfer to business. I think a lot of people are surprised to learn that they know a lot of stuff. It just doesn't look like what they think. So, mate, uh, fantastic chatting to you as always. Um, I kick you in the ribs a fair bit in our sessions because we're trying to keep to a time limit. So today's been nice just to chew the fat a bit more <laughs> and wander around and circle around the uh, the shark cage with Woz. Um, thank goodness for Coxie to keep us on track. But, uh, <laughs> mate, um, if someone wants to go and stalk you and find out more about what you're doing and have a look at all the good stuff that you're up to, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, our website is probably the best way at the moment and Instagram, so grandupprojects.com.au. We've got um, the awesome Steph from Get Tradies Online. Um, we've been working with her for a while, so our website looks absolutely primo. Everything else that I'm in control of looks average. That's all right. <laughs> Steph's working on it. At least you recognize your skills, mate. <laughs> I am not a social media person. Um, it's an incredibly important tool, but it just does not come naturally to me, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, groundupprojects.com.au or, or on Instagram, groundupelectrical. Um, throw us a like, throw us a follow. It's uh, we put, we're going to try and put up some more entertaining stuff um, as as per your both your requests and Steph's request. Steph's was not really a request; it was more of a it was more of a threat. Um, <laughs> Threats are good. <laughs> so yeah, that's probably the best place. Um, cool, mate. cool. Well, great having you on the show. Um, I'm going to let Nicole round that out so she gets a chance to speak. She's <laughs> opened and closed her mouth about 15 times in the last five minutes. I do feel a bit like a goldfish today with my, my mouth opening and closing around the tank, which leans into your um, great grey shark. See, you're too yes. busy chomping for me to do anything but <laughs> suck in the air bubbles. No, Tom, it's been great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with our listeners i look forward to the feedback we get on this one. Oh, thanks for having me been a pleasure mate you've been listening to the tradies and business podcast with warwick bidwell and nicole cox find out more about today's guest tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au